This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas, powered by U-Mobile. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. Hate paying expensive fees and dealing with bad exchange rates when transferring money? These were the same thoughts that Crystal Carmen, the CEO and co-founder of Wise had when he formed this company in 2011. Today, this fintech disruptor listed in the UK has 13 million customers with connections in 70 countries, including Malaysia. But are the good times coming to an end with an impending slowdown? We asked him this question and of course more. Thank you very much for coming on the Breakfast Grill, Crystal. Now, congratulations firstly on securing a capital markets license in Singapore just a few days ago. I gather that the reason for this is because you want to launch Wise Asset. It's a new investment product that allows investment customers to buy an index. So why are you going down this investment route? It's good to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, I have to admit, it's my first time in Kuala Lumpur. Welcome. Uh, thank you. We have uh, we now have 60 people in our Kuala Lumpur office. So I thought it's the last, uh, it's the last hour to come here. So I'm, I'm happy. Uh, as the day starting, I um, coming back to your question about the capital markets license. Yes, indeed, um, we started fixing the problem of how do people move money around the world. Mm. With that, also we needed to solve how they receive money from their customers. So our business clients uh, invoice their customers all around the world and uh, collect local currencies, and then we end up holding that currency for a for a little while or as long as they need. And in fact, we now hold about. $8 billion worth of uh, um, our customers' money. And especially in this interest rate environment, if you're holding money, you're kind of, by definition, getting slightly poorer because of inflation yes. is, uh, is, is rampaging in, in many countries. So we wanted to develop a, a, a product or a suit where people can still use their money as they would a normal bank account, but at the same time, it would be invested in an asset, whether that's um, a share index or an interest rate, uh, interest paying mm. government fund or whatever, whatever the correct asset is for, for that customer. But it also allows you to earn a nice fee income, right? Because you do charge these customers uh, tra- a transaction fee for, for every time they, they participate in buying an index. But I, let's take a step back and look at the evolution of WISE, right? Like you say, first was money transfer, then you had multi-currency accounts, you have debit cards and now investments. Is the product lineup for WISE complete? Is this the ideal ecosystem to maximise your profit? We have to come back to what's the original problem that I started to solve, and that was how do you move money across borders? So how do you make money work without borders? How to make it instant, convenient, and as free as possible to to use your ringgit when you go to Singapore yeah. or uh, foreign currency when when you're traveling somewhere else? So on that measure, we're only moving about three and a half percent of the world's money today. Mm. That's not a lot. So banks are still doing 96.5. And A, they're not doing a great job at it. And B, it is actually very expensive with banks hiding their fees in exchange rate markups. Yeah. Um, so our job really is how do we get from that three, 3.5% to solving this for more people and more businesses. So, okay, you'd clearly want to increase your market share. 
are you then planning other new products, other new services to push that number further? Are you have you got a target in terms of market share? Is it four, five, six percent? What is it? Global domination for Wise? The the way we'd like to think about this is not so much about our own market share, mm. but rather when we look at the the experiences. So should hundred percent of people have transparent uh, exchange rates? Should 100% of businesses be able to invoice locally when when they sell their products abroad? Kind of yes. So mm-hmm. it's either us come up with this and, and serve these features and products or the banks get better and start doing a better job at this. Both are wins. Okay. Or maybe someone third comes in and does that better. That's also a great outcome. So if we think of this... Um, less kind of selfishly about our own market share, then there's a big job to be done. And and one way of achieving this is uh, just growing our market share. Okay. And would it be too implausible then for WISE to consider becoming a digital bank? You're already taking deposits in some way, right? Because you've got these multi-currency accounts. Is the next step then lending? Because I'm sure the allure of being that fintech super app can be very appealing. This is a good question. You're right to point out that we are holding large amounts of customer balances. We're issuing, we've issued 3 million credit cards, mm. uh, debit cards, sorry, actually. Um, we're making, moving loads of money ar- around uh, and we're giving good service for, yes. for from the digital banking perspective. But on lending, um, I'm not convinced that this is something that uh, works yet internationally. Everything that we build works internationally, mm. which is which is quite interesting. So what we build for Malaysians also works in Singapore, also works in Australia. Uh, but credit is, is different. And um, I think we're quite far away from lending. And there's loads of other people already doing that. It's I don't exactly know how to do lending better than oh, okay. those who already do it. Because I can imagine there would be arbitrage opportunities when it comes to lending, right? For example, in Japan, rates are extremely low. So borrow in Japan at close to zero and then take it back to the UK where the rate now is 3%. You know, so that is a possibility. Has it not crossed your mind? I'm not a macro expert, but I think the... There is a saying about carry trade. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yes. Uh, is that the st- steamroller always catches up. <laughs> okay. It's slow, but it always catches up. So. All right. Let's move on to the topic of uh, investments. Okay. Because capital markets have been very volatile, right? So the f- the Federal Reserve raised rates six times since the start of the year. We are now uh, at a range of 3.75 to 4%. And other central banks have also followed suit. While the US dollar has strengthened by 14% against major currencies on a year-to-date basis, are these challenging markets good or bad for your business? I think for the general population, volatility is never good. Mm. But for you? For us, I think we're kind of aligned with our customers, really. And and that's uh, also in our ethos when the... <clears throat> let me maybe try and explain this. When we're able to offer our service cheaper, we always reduce fees. Yes. Credit to you for that. I have observed that in your uh, annual reports. And um, and we always try to make uh, things cheaper. However, f- in financial services, unfortunately, when uh, volatility grows up, also 
the perceived risk and correctly is uh, evaluated higher. So volatility goes up, risk for financial service providers goes up and they kind of increase their fees. So Which I've noticed on your part, you have increased, right, to 64 uh, the average customer price has increased to 64% from 62%. So think of it as, as we're the consumers of a lot of fina- downstream financial mm. services as well. We we see that this is getting more expensive. And yes, you're right. As our ethos goes, we have to pass the increased cost beyond uh, onto our customers as well. So we're still 10 times cheaper than the banks, but it's... Uh, Generally, I think volatility, if we look at the lending market or even us or elsewhere, volatility kind of drives up the cost of financial services. Okay. But because current the currency market is so volatile, uh, did in some way is the customer then spurred on to transact more or transact in anticipation of his forex needs, right? Uh, does that then explain why there was a surge in transaction volumes? as customers try to lock in on their currency transactions? Because I observed a 50% increase in volume on a year-on-year basis to £27 billion in the last quarter. I think you'll also be able to... Which is good for your business. You're also going to be able to track this back to just the um, vastly increasing number of people and businesses using WISE. So it's organic also. <laughs> A lot of a lot of, a lot of that for sure. When it comes to um, uh, what you described, of course, people are people, and they. Mm. I think the behaviors, like you talked about, uh, <clears throat> volatility also drives anxiety, and you know, people try to hit the exchange rate based on history, history, but not knowing the future, and this is not, you know, it's not good, good to see. Um, but but generally, I would say that our product and our features don't really support speculation. Uh, and if anything, the people who need to spend in foreign currency or who get paid in foreign currency, uh, volatility doesn't change that. Mm. Uh, so they maybe can choose whether they do the transfer this week or next week. Mm. Um, but that's that's as far as it goes. It's usually indiscretionary. And how do you then manage forex risk? I mean, you you are exposed to currencies of 70 countries, right? How does WISE do that? Actually, the interesting thing is um, WISE is incredibly fast. We move uh, 52% of the transfers that we do arrive with the recipient's bank account in less than 20 seconds. Okay. And uh, what's maybe not obvious is that that speed at which we can move money leaves us very little exposure ourselves. Mm. So the money's already there. Uh, there is no there's no exposure to left for us. So there's a few things around speed, um, also in our own treasury operations, which allows us to really low keep the keep the exp- exposures low on our side, and actually it's a better customer experience as well. On the Breakfast Grill this morning is Christo Carmen, CEO and co-founder of WISE. When we come back from the break, the competition and will the global slowdown hinder the lofty income growth target of 60% for the next financial year? BFM 89.9. You are listening to the BFM Breakfast Grill 
Brought to you by U Mobile. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. In the hot seat this morning is Crystal Carmen, CEO and co-founder of WISE. Before the break, are volatile capital markets good or bad for this cross-border money transfer fintech? Now, Crystal, we I want to go back to the volatile capital markets for just a moment because we are, we are in this rising interest rate environment and I see it's really good for your bottom line because I noticed a 17.5 million pound interest income earned. And the guidance in your second quarter result note says that it will continue in the second half. My question is, by how much? And is that then the risk that customers will be more proactive in taking out any unused funds to enjoy the higher deposit rates that they can get out, you know, beyond wise? Exactly. People should always do the the right thing. I'm not a. I don't believe in loyalty at all. I think this is. Oh. Uh, I think this is. Uh, loyalty is never good for for consumers or for customers. So therefore, um, indeed, that's uh, like part of part of that is the inspiration why we got the capital markets license in um, Singapore. Singapore, and uh, we have that now in the UK, and we're working on other markets as well. So that allows customers to hold assets not just in cash but something that does pay interest mm. and something that does help fight the in inflation or that goes in the stock market where they can be equity owners um, so we're we're definitely seeing the 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 challenge that the rising interest rates create mm. and and as as we always do try to build products that uh, that serve that environment Okay, but at the same time, what was interesting in the second quarter result note was the fact that you said uh, you will share much of this income benefit, which is that seventeen point five million pound interest income through pricing, but also use it to invest in growth. Can we get some specifics on what this statement means? Well, it means that we can um, we can do price reductions, which we have already actually done. I think last week we went out with. Uh, uh, with uh, with that in countries where we have the largest balances, we just were able to reduce the uh, transfer fees based on that and and some holding fees. And uh, when it comes to growth, yeah, what are you investing in? We're investing in building the product. Um, we have we have thousand engineers working on how to build the best money moving uh, technology, money moving app around the world, and. That means we can maybe get another hundred engineers to work on um, on this problem: how to make this cheaper, how to make this faster, um, how to get the cards delivered faster. Um, so this is these are all actually engineering problems, mm. and uh, or, or, or nearby or close to engineering problems. So investing in growth for us means most often investing in engineers. Okay, so in the people, right? Um, and you, you, we talked about market share earlier, but I want to expand on it. Do you think that this market share is also going to be take is also going to be driven by taking a business from competitors like Zoom, which is owned by PayPal, or Remitly, which is Nasdaq listed? I mean, how much of a competition are there against Wise? Almost entirely, our competition is banks. So not your peers in a way. No, not really. When we look at uh, who's moving the world's money, mm. it's the banks. And it's very natural. Um, if we go back in time, that's always been the case. Um, whenever you need something to do with money, you would go to your bank. Yeah. And they would do it for you happily. And uh, 
because every bank has to do every single thing with money that they're not really going to be good at some things and they're going to charge quite a lot for other things. So our competition really is banks. And when we talk to our customers who um, have longer use cases, who did you use before? Usually it's their bank. Yeah, but at the same time, you have, uh, at least Wise Management has accused banks of anti-competitive conduct in refusing it with banking services, right? Is that still the case or have you developed better partnerships with banks? We have, um, so we have nothing again, we have generally nothing against banks. And I think uh, what, what you're referring to is is more an interesting regulatory setup in mm. some countries, which actually is now very fast improving, where the payment systems are limited to only um, banks to lenders basically okay. where lending has nothing to do with uh, making payments so mm. this is completely weird um, however this has moved so for example in the uk we're connected to that payment system there we're clear with uh, bank of england the same in singapore the same in hungary same in eurozone and now going in on australia so this is all improving i think where the what what still um makes me unhappy with banks very generally is in most countries they um, I don't mind actually banks charging a lot for their services because some of these are expensive to, to, to serve but the fact that they try to mislead their customers mm. by not showing what they charge uh, for say foreign transfers but they make up their own exchange rates oh, okay. as if people didn't notice and actually most people won't notice that the exchange rate that their bank gives them is different to what you get on Reuters and Bloomberg, which is the real ringgit exchange rate. Or yes. when you go to Bank Nagara's website, what you find there. Mm. So the fact that they're not transparent with their customers on on the fees that they're charging or fee levels also, uh, this, is, uh, this is what makes me unhappy about banks. And I think this is something for regulators around the world to address. Okay, and talking about regulators, I understand you also want to connect to central bank payment systems, right? So you already do that in the United Kingdom and Australia. Um, what other jurisdictions are you pushing for and why is this so important to WISE? And also in Hungary and in uh, yeah. Singapore yes. and in uh, um, and the Eurozone. It's important for, uh, for, for our customers actually because it usually just makes payments so much cheaper. Um, in the UK was the first place where we did it. Um, it used to cost me £1.5 when, when I first started making those instant payments that the middleman charged us. Mm. Now it's, I think, three pence. So there's an enormous well, cost benefit. Well, it's a big divergence, yeah. A, a huge cost benefit if you can avoid the middleman and, uh, and be the direct member in in processing payments. So you don't have this privilege in Malaysia, do you, at this moment? We don't uh, We don't uh, go direct in Malaysia yet. So here's an opportunity for sure with both FPX and Do It Now that we could... And this would uh, benefit consumers, right? I hope so. Okay. Well, let's hope Bank Nagara is listening. Uh, but let's talk about, you know, the threats of uh, cyber attacks and scams. It's happening all around the world, especially here also very much so. So what is WISE doing on that front? I mean, have you had any attacks? Have you had to pay any ransomware? No, we haven't. Uh, uh, but clearly this is something that we've... Uh, um, we've been very conscious about. And, mm. you know, we, we're a very... Uh, I think you have, uh, we have a lot of business listeners. Uh, they know when I say what is a low margin business. So yes. we 
charge very little, but that means we need but to be... But you need volume, right? Your business. We need to be very efficient. Yes. And, uh, and one of the ways to be efficient is just to be highly secure and, and not to take, uh, take losses or be, not, not be vulnerable mm. <laughs> effectively. The good thing is um, we're a tech company and when it comes to scammers and fraudsters, they always go to the simplest target. It's very natural. The customer, unfortunately. Uh, true, but... Uh, but the institutions that are the weakest, so yeah. they always go for the weakest target, basically, the simplest mm. target. Their fraudsters are lazy. So they, they go and, uh, and attack those who are, who are less protected. You're right, both from the personal perspective, but also the institution perspective. The good thing is we're a tech and company. And you're not lazy. We can't be lazy, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, as tech companies, it's very different to banks when you know, they release their software once a quarter or once a mm. month if it's good. We do 100 releases a day of our software. So oh. this is the speed at which we can also preempt attacks and um, and also generally improve our product. Okay, let's talk about your share price because you're trading at an eye-watering consensus price-earning ratio of 71 times for next year. Uh, your stock is still 675 pence below listing price of 815 pence. Would you say you're cheap, undervalued? Should people still consider your stock? It's probably more a question to traders and, and investment bankers. Um, we're building a very long-term business and you know, it, it's hard to comment on what the stock is worth today. Mm. We're building a, we're solving a big problem, which has turned to, um, to mean that we're building something very valuable. Okay. And so there's still go, growth, right? Because your growth guidance is 60%. But I do want to ask you a question because, you know, I do read press reports that there is an outstanding investigation by the UK's regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, over an unpaid tax bill worth £720,000. Yes, you paid the fine. You did already. But this investigation is still ongoing. Um, if the case goes against you, what does this mean for WISE and will you step down as CEO? I think the SCA has to uh, complete their investigation and, and then we'll know what the, what the results are. Okay, it's, very hard, it's very hard to predict. Okay, on that note, thank you for your time. On the Breakfast Grill this morning was Crystal Carmen, CEO and co-founder of WISE. I'm Wong Xiaoning, BFM 89.9. The Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile, where unlimited potential begins. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.